So Cam Newton will be moving to New England. This obviously affects the league in a drastic way, but we'll talk what ways. And also, Noah will come on the show and we'll talk some trades that we want to see happen this offseason and some trades that we think will happen on today's episode of the Bring the Heat podcast. that thought that Cam Newton was going to wait until the regular season and see which team needed a quarterback after their quarterback got hurt, and he would sign with that team for probably even more money than what he got, which was $7.5 million. That being said, if Cam Newton did want to start before um, the season started, and that uh, he'll probably be more effective because he's going to get to see the game plan longer than if he would just sign and the next week he's starting. But um, if he did want to sign before the season starts, he was going to have to sign at the Patriots. Because at this point, for the most part, every team has their quarterback situation um, done. It's like they know who their quarterback's going to be in week one. And other than kind of the Bears, I mean, but the Bears have a high cap hit already, and they already have two quarterbacks that they're paying a decent amount of money. So he may not have gotten as much money as he would have if he would have waited, but I think that there's a higher chance that he's going to get um, a contract in the future because he's going to get to know this playbook longer and he's probably going to be more effective than he would have been if he would have just signed midseason with a team that needed a quarterback because their quarterback was injured. Now, this obviously shakes up the whole landscape of the AFC for the most part. Um, because now the Patriots, uh, they went from 7.8 wins in Vegas as a projection all the way up to 9.3. And, I mean, obviously that's a big jump. 7.8 wouldn't be in the playoffs. 9.3 would put them in the playoffs probably as either a 6 or a 9, or a 6 or a 7 seed, excuse me. And um, that is going to, pr- it's likely going to take a playoff spot away from one team because in the AFC South now there's two teams that people are betting on that are going to make the playoffs and both of uh, being the Bills and the Patriots. Now it obviously affects a lot of teams. Every single team that is thinking about a wild card spot this year. So the Steelers, the Browns, the Colts, Texans, Titans, nobody knows who's going to win the AFC South. Um, I think I said AFC South earlier for the Patriots. Obviously, the AFC East is what I meant to say. But um, nobody really knows between the Texans, Colts, and Titans who's going to win that AFC South. Um, it The Chargers and the Broncos are thinking about getting into the playoffs. And then, obviously, it affects the Bills. Because the Bills, I think most people thought that was their division to lose. And now it is not. Now it's the Bills and the Patriots to lose. So it affects the whole landscape of the AFC when you really look at it. Um, Something I was curious to uh, know was what is Titan or not Titans uh, Panthers fans' point of view about this? Like, are they happy that Cam's gonna get another shot? Are they mad at their franchise because they cut him? And usually, whenever Bill Belichick signs someone, you second doubt yourself. Because usually Bill Belichick makes the right uh, move. And I say that with a saddened heart because I'm a Steelers fan. 
but it it just I would be skeptical if I was a, a Panthers fan right now because I'll say it again, Bill Belichick usually makes the right move. And maybe this was the wrong move for the Panthers to uh, cut Cam Newton. And maybe you should have stuck him out because he's going to be better than Kyle Allen or Will Greer or whoever they choose to put out there at quarterback. No, what am I talking about? They had Teddy Bridgewater. But um, he still would have likely been better than Teddy Bridgewater if I had to make a guess. Um, that's just my opinion, though. Um, so... It obviously affects so many teams. Uh, does this put them into the like Super Bowl, like true Super Bowl contender? I don't think so yet because, I mean, Cam will probably be an upgrade over Jared Stidham. And that being said, Jared Stidham is really the only one that is mad all, along with the other teams in the AFC that we're going to be vying for that playoff spot. But Jared Stidham's job is not taken yet. Jared Stidham and Cam Newton, at worst, is what's going to happen is it's going to make Jared Stidham work harder and he's going to be a better quarterback if he is the one that ends up having the job when it comes to the season. But I do think that simply because Cam Newton has more talent than Jared Stidham that Cam Newton, if he's healthy, will be the week one starter for the New England Patriots. Now that being said, Cam Newton has not proven in the past couple of years that he will be healthy. That's not going to be a sure bet. So I think Jared Stidham still has a shot to prove. And obviously he's definitely going to get the shot to prove in training camp because um, that does not – they carry three quarterbacks during training camp. So the, I think the real loser of this, simply because he's not going to get a shot, is Brian Hoyer. I think that Brian Hoyer was going to get a shot against Jared Stidham. But now that they have another veteran quarterback that clearly – has a much better reputation and past. Um, Cam Newton's won an MVP, so Cam Newton clearly has the better past over Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer's not going to get a shot in camp. He'll probably be a third-string quarterback, and um, so he's he was probably going to get a shot against Jared Stidham, if nothing else, just to work Jared Stidham. Um, and if he played really well, maybe he was going to be the starting quarterback. So Jared Stidham is still definitely going to get a shot simply because they're going to put him up against Cam Newton because Jared Stidham is the young and, and they brought in, a, in an experienced guy with a great past to go against uh, Jared Stidham. So I don't by any means think that Jared Stidham's job is gone. I think Cam has to work for it just because he had an MVP doesn't mean he's at his MVP self. We all know he's not at his MVP self right now. But overall, I think winners are – uh, obviously the Patriots, Cam Newton, because Cam Newton, although he's only getting $7.5 million, which is probably a little underpaid for what um, fair market value is, if he is completely healthy and he is back to a fraction of himself of what he was in 2015, um, I, it's, he's, it's still a good fit for him because uh, Bill Belichick is just going to take his game and put it up a notch. And that's probably going to get him paid next offseason, depending on who pays him. Um, As a Steelers fan, I would love to see the Steelers, if uh, Cam has a good season, to go out and sign him. Uh, The Patriots may re-sign him, but Ben is on his way down, and he may only have one season left. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see 
how much money he gets next offseason with him being 32 next offseason with him being 31 right now, um, how much money he gets in this next offseason if he does play well. All right, so we're going to bring Noah on here, and we'll talk about some trades that we think could happen this offseason and some trades that we want to happen this offseason. And Noah, say what's up. Hello. Yep. What's up? All right, so let's go ahead and get right into it. Um, I have I, don't, I have two fantasy trades and four realistic trades. I'm not sure what Noah has. I have two fantasy and three realistic. All right, so that should do it. Uh, we can do the realistic ones first, I guess. Uh, I'll go first. So my first trade is Gallinari signing a 3-plus-1 with a team option worth $17 million a year with OKC, and I have him being traded to Miami for a 2021st and Kaziak Paula, who was their 2019 second-round pick. He was the second overall pick in the second round. Um, I think this benefits both sides. If you're OKC, you're getting an extra draft pick, which they already have a ton of, and you're getting a young player. I, he's young. That's at least something. Um, and then if you're Miami, you just want to go more into contention, and you want to try and get as good as you can, and Gallinari fits that team so perfectly alongside uh, Adebayo, who's a defensive monster. Danilo doesn't play much defense, but he won't need to with Bam, and then he can just stretch the floor next to Bam. Uh, Noah, you have any thoughts on that trade? Uh, I agree with that. Miami already shocked a lot of people this season. They were pretty good, and that would only put them more into contention. Yep. All right, you want to go with your first trade? My first realistic trade is the Nets and Kings pretty much swapping shooting guards. Joe Harris for Buddy Heald. When Buddy Heald, he was benched at one point this season, which probably, which obviously wouldn't make him happy, and he was already getting paid too much for the Kings to pay him. And they are both, Joe Harris is coming up on free agency soon, so I think it would be more realistic for them to the, for them to just switch. Joe Harris isn't much of a ball-dominant shooting guard, and I think he would fit the Kings, and I feel that Buddy Heald would be a good shooter and a good fit on the Nets. Yeah, um, from a simple player-for-player player trade, that definitely works, but there's one problem with this trade when it comes to the Nets, and that's the fact that they don't want to pay Buddy Heald $26 million dollars. Um, whenever they're only going to have to pay Joe Harris, who's going to be a pending free agent, like $15 million max. Um, yeah. So that's really the only problem. But for a simple player-for-player, player, that could work. I would, if that trade did go down, I would say that um, Sacramento would have to give up at least a second-round pick just because of the big contract that they gave Buddy Heald. But that's a good trade. Um, I'll move on to my second realistic trade which is going to be a swap of Malik Monk and Julius Randle. Uh, Malik Monk just needs somewhere else to play. He's, he just hasn't really worked out in Charlotte. He's had a lot of flashes where he's shown that he can be a very effective scorer. He's hit some big shots. He's had some big dunks. Um, but he just need, he just hasn't been consistent enough. He hasn't been coached well enough. He hasn't been given enough of a chance. Um, and then r- nobody really wants Julius Randle because – his field goal percentage is like 35%. He's a terrible shooter. He wants to shoot, but he's bad at it. Um, so, But I haven't, I'm not sold yet on P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges, uh, who are the forwards, and Julius Randle would likely play a forward. I don't like him at center. 
Um, so I just think that if you're in New York, you do this. I'm just hesitant about Charlotte doing this because Julius Randle is on a one-year deal and you're only going to have him for one year. Um, but Malik Monk, I think, still has potential. So that's the reason I would do this if New York. I'm just not sure if I would do it if I was Charlotte. Yeah, I I agree with that. Malik Monk needs a different surrounding cast than Charlotte. Yep. Um, do you want to do your second realistic trade? Yeah. Uh, most of mine are pretty simple. They don't really have any player team options or anything crazy like that. Okay, my second realistic trade is Gordon Hayward to the Thunder for Danilo Gallinari and a 2021 second rounder. I feel like Gordon Hayward would fit well on the Thunder with Chris Paul if he stays there, and Gallinari would be a good, um, he would be a good shooter in Boston. I don't think Gallinari would need the ball in his hands and wouldn't need to facilitate the offense in any way. He would just be a good spot-up shooter, and I feel that this benefits both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this would again be a sign-in trade, obviously. Um. I just don't know if you want to pair alongside Gordon Hayward's $35 million contract with Chris Paul's $40 million contract because that especially doesn't give you any room financially. Um, And I'm not sure if Chris Paul will be there next season. Um, One of my trades involves Chris Paul, so I'm just not sure about that. Um, But I think it benefits both sides if money was not involved. so I'll move on to my third realistic trade, which is going to be involve CP3, who we just talked about. It's going to be CP3 going to NYC for a 2021 top five protected pick and Frank Nilekina. Um The Knicks are going to have at least $51 million off the books this free agency. So I think this is more about getting respect. Uh, for a long time, the Knicks have not been respected at all. And Chris Paul can at least bring them to a level where they are respected. Um, and maybe he can even lure some free agents in after because they're starting to win games. And if you're the Thunder, this is, I would say, if you're going to trade Chris Paul, then you're also going to trade or not bring back Danilo Gallinari. You either got to choose if um, you're going to go all in next season uh, and continue to try and win games or if you're going to start a rebuild around Shea Gilgis Alexander and all those draft picks that you've acquired. Um, and I think that um, for, yeah, I just think that it's a good trade if the Thunder are trying to um, start a rebuild. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Chris Paul is obviously a very good leader and a veteran on pretty much any team. He carried that Thunder team to a place where no one thought they would be, and now they're like one of the most respected teams for what people expected of them. And I feel like he would do that as well with any other team he went to. Yep. So you want to give your third realistic trade? Um, I didn't really – I just looked it up, free agents. I didn't really – look at the long-term picture of things I just um I said Chris Boucher being traded away from the Raptors for Dario Saric Saric he can play 
can he play a little bit of the three, or is he a No, he's like, a he's like a four, and he can kind of play the five ish. I could say. Okay, but Chris Boucher, Chris Boucher, he's he's only I think he's twenty seven, which is old, but he's still up and coming in my opinion. He's and, young in NBA years. Yeah, but I feel like he has more room to improve, and it would just I don't know. I think it would just benefit yeah. in the in the long run not short term but in, from an improvement standpoint and fitting into teams I think it would be a decent trade yeah my thoughts on that are uh, Dario really hasn't done much in Phoenix um, he's been pretty terrible uh, so he would probably be a backup to Pascal Siakam uh, at the four and Chris Boucher is pretty much an athletic freak he's one of those buddy heels that he came into the league at like 24 so, I mean, he's still young. He's only spent three years uh, in the NBA, yet he's also 27. Um, so, I think that's a I think that's a trade that could possibly happen. Um, I'll do my last realistic one here. Also involves the Knicks. It's the Knicks trading Frank Nilekina and a second for a Pell's lottery-protected 2021 first. Um, it's time for Frank to get out. Uh, he hasn't been very good. He's obviously a very good defender. He would fit well uh, on the bench alongside J.J. Redick um, for the Pels. And, I mean, a Pels lottery protected first. They'll probably be outside the lottery in 2021. Um, So the Knicks would probably get this pick. Um, But I just think it's time for Frank to move on. He really hasn't done much in New York. And he hasn't been really given a fair chance because, for some reason, the Knicks coaches like to uh, play their veterans over their youngins whenever the Knicks are 4-27. and 27. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how well um, Frank would fit in the rotation of the backcourt in New Orleans, but, um, I mean, it could work. If he... He's a good talent. He's Yeah, like you said, he's a good defender. He would fit well alongside, um, like, the Pelicans' young core. And since he's only, what, in his he's about 20, second, third year? He's 21 or 22. Yeah. I think, yeah, in the long run, he would be a good fit. Yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to be a starter at any point. I think Lonzo and uh, Drew Holiday have that for at least the next two or three years. I'm talking about him being a backup point guard alongside J.J. Redick to come off the bench. Because um, I think J.J. Redick's not a good defender at all, and Frank brings a defensive aspect to that bench. So we're going to move on. We each have two fantasy-style trades now. These are things that we would like to see, but we don't necessarily think will happen. Um, Noah, you want to do yours first? This one is... From an NBA fan standpoint, I'm, I think everyone would want to see this. When Toronto traded away DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi, the Kyle Lowry and DeMar duo was kind of torn apart, and I feel like it would just be like, from like it would just be a good thing to see them back together. So I said DeMar DeRozan back to Toronto for Fred Van for Fred Van Vliet. He's coming up on free agency, and I don't know if they would want to keep him he's been a good shooter but i don't know if he's gonna be asking for too much money than what they'll pay for yeah so this should be demar um accepting his player option which he probably will do 
and then uh, Fred will probably sign around a four-year, $70 million deal somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so this would be them taking the one-year deal, trying to go all in, because they are an older team with uh, Kyle Lowry, Marcus Saul, Serge Ibaka. Uh, they have Pascal and OG. Those are their youngins, but they're older for the teams that are contending right now, along with the Lakers. Um, so, yeah, I think this – I think DeMar brings an aspect of give me the ball, I'll go get you a bucket that they don't have right now. I mean, Pascal Siakam is kind of that, but I wouldn't really call him that. He's more of like give it to him in the post. You could give it to DeMar up top. He's going to be your finisher. And, yeah, this is something that I would definitely like to see. Um, I think it's something that is possible. Um, but, yeah, I'll do my first. Um, this is a sign-and-trade with Davis Bertans. Uh, I have Davis Bertans signing a four-year, $75 million contract with Washington and him being traded to Philly for Al Horford, uh, Matisse Thibel, a Knicks 2021 second that Philly owns, and a Hornets 2023 second that Philly owns. Um, Al Horford has not been what they expected. He's got a big contract. He's old. Um, That's the reason. I don't know if Washington would accept this. They're getting a nice young player that had a good season and Matisse Thibel, and they're getting two seconds, whatever that's worth. But um, I just don't know. Obviously, I think this makes the 76ers a lot better because he's a spot-up shooter. He's one of the best shooters in the league. Um, and that's what they need. Uh, f- he's just a plug-and-play guy at the four that you can stick in there. And um, alongside Joel Embiid, it'll be a very good front court. Yeah. What stands out most to me is Matisse Thibel. With Bradley Beal probably leaving Washington in the near future, I think Matisse shows a lot of promise as a 3-and-D player. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would be a good shooting guard on the Wizards alongside a healthy John Wall if that's what happens. Yep. All right, you want to do your last fantasy-style trade? My last fantasy trade? As a Pacers fan, I feel like like Miles Turner has already been rumored to be traded, so my fantasy trade is Montrez Harrell um, and Lou Williams to the Pacers for Miles Turner and a first. I don't know if a first or second's more viable. First. But Montrez Harrell has shown obvious talent to be a starting center in this league his defense is his defense and rebounding is it's insane and Lou Williams is just the perfect six man and coming off the bench the Pacers don't really have that that bench presence and I feel like that would just help them the fact that you had the audacity to say this absolute blasphemy were you thinking about this trade? I mean, honestly, it Montrez Harrell alongside Sabonis would be a disaster because they both can't shoot at all. Uh, Montrez Harrell is about to get a four-year, $100 million contract, and I don't think the Pacers want to play. If you're the Clippers, I would say you're giving up too much right now and going more for the future, um, and this is just a terrible trade. I, the blasphemy. is It's just so real. I can't believe this trade. All right, I'm going to move on to my final trade, which is going to be MPJ, Michael Porter Jr., Bubbo, a 2021st round pick and a 2022 first round pick, heading to the Washington Wizards for Bradley Beal. 
Um, I think this is just the perfect trade if you're the Nuggets. Um, obviously, MPJ has shown potential, and then Babal is a uh, is got to. I guess he has a shot, even though he was like the 43rd pick or the 47th pick, one of the two. Um, and then last year's draft, um, you also get two first, so you can stack on stack up on first. Even though I don't think the Nuggets are going to be bad when they have Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Bradley Beal. And then obviously, if you're the Nuggets, you get a guy that you can go to late game and trust because I don't think Jamal Murray is that quite yet. Um, it's just the money may not stack up because you do have three max contracts with the way that they paid Jamal Murray, but I just think this is a good trade for uh, both sides to get J- uh, Bradley Beals um, out of Washington. Yeah, I, th- I agree with the MPJ part, but, I mean, Bobo's a, Bobo's a toss-up. If he, sh- if he shows out, then he can prove people wrong, but... I don't know. I feel like he his career and his health, his health because his he hasn't really shown that he's he can be stable and healthy. That's a question. But if that works out, then that's a perfect scenario for both sides, I believe, because the Nuggets are getting a very very good shooting guard. Yeah. And the Wizards are getting um, long term talent. Mhm. So that's going to do it. Uh, I thank Noah for coming on here and getting yelled at for part of it. Um, He had some good trades. I'd like to believe I had some good trades. I thank you all for listening. Goodbye.